0: Welcome to the SLP Stress Management Podcast, episode two. I am your host, Jesse Andrix, and in today's episode, we are going to be talking about three ways to beat chronic stress and maybe even burnout. So, if you listened to the first episode, you know a little bit about my story. And if you've been following me for a while, whether through my website or through my courses and talks, or maybe even just on Instagram or something, then you know that I am an SLP, but I have experienced chronic stress, um, just major stress, and perhaps even burnout in my life as an SLP, which led me to quit for nearly five years And during those five years, if you asked me what my profession was, I would not say, Oh, I was an SLP or I am an SLP. I'm just not practicing now. Um, I would give you what I was. I was a yoga teacher. And if you asked about my degree in speech therapy, I would tell you that I would never, ever, 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 ever use it again. So basically this chronic stress, can absolutely feel like it's changing your life and your chronic stress comes from daily stress that you haven't been able to manage or that you are so bombarded with that it just grows into chronic stress. Chronic stress when we don't manage that and it grows more manifests into burnout. Now I will not diagnose you with burnout because I am not a doctor of any kind but I will let you know that burnout is not a joke and it is absolutely real. So it is a recognized diagnosis by the world health organization. This is huge. Now it may not always be recognized by certain codes in certain countries. And this diagnosis, this full blown diagnosis by the world health organization is pretty brand new, but they have actually recognized this as a major issue for a very long time. So they kind of define it or characterize it as exhaustion of physical or emotional strength, usually as a result of prolonged stress or frustration. And the Mayo Clinic defines this as a state of physical, emotional, or mental exhaustion combined with doubts about your competence and the value of your work. So when we're really stressed and we start to lean into this, which happens so easily we can start to play around with burnout and it can start to feel like you've made the wrong career choice like you're going to be stuck this way forever or that it's starting to affect your relationships your life and your health and overall it is just not an enjoyable place to be so when i was going through this i just felt really stuck i felt dread every single night I would be able to sleep, but sometimes it would take me a little bit longer, or I really wouldn't want to get up in the morning to go to work. And I just wasn't looking forward to it. There was a lot of variables. It wasn't that I had a terrible job. I actually had really great people that I worked with in all of my speech jobs, great coworkers, a few, you know, upper management that was not so wonderful, but nothing that was volatile or um, really, really terrible. And, and the job that finally caused me to leave or that I finally said, okay, I'm done. I actually had super, super supportive, um, bosses and super, super wonderful company that I worked for. I worked in a school and the administration was just always supportive It always had my back and, um, actually like wished me luck, but not in a sarcastic way when I left, like they really were just like, if you ever want to come back, let us know. And you got a spot. Um, so it's not always that you are in a bad job. Sometimes it's just that you haven't been able to work through the stress. So today I'm going to share with you three plus a couple other things that you can do to help prevent this from becoming burnout and to work through some of that stress, whether it's when it's daily stress that you're just noticing is always there or you're feeling like you might be chronically stressed. So, one thing we can do and actually before we begin just so you know a lot of these are going to seem like common sense you may even think they sound a bit hokey but these are all backed with research and these are all things that have been proven to show that they really do help you to physically and mentally come back from that stress state so one of the first things we can do is sleep Now, most of us are not surprised by this, but we probably aren't doing much about it either. So it is probably no surprise that many of us need more sleep, but many of us aren't actually doing it. So when we sleep, it helps us to restore our body and mind after a very long day. And according to the National Institute of Health, It aids in your physical health, but also your emotional health, so your total well-being. It helps your brain build new pathways and restores the ones that are tired from all of the stress you've been experiencing. So when your brain is functioning at this optimal level, you're able to problem-solve, make decisions, and have better control regulation of your emotions so you feel better throughout the day, but you've also improved your efficiency your effectiveness, which makes you feel like you're doing a better job and you may actually be doing a better job. So sometimes when we're stuck in this, it can be that we're stuck in insomnia or that we are stressing about the day to come so we're not able to fully sleep or that we are pushing to do so much work that we are either pushing, pushing until we go to bed and we're staying up really late Or we're pushing late into the evening and then we just kind of shut down for a few hours and need to like watch a couple episodes of our favorite show or something just to like totally decompress. So basically our sleep habits are just off out of whack. They're not super, super healthy. So all of this really means we're not getting enough sleep. It can be hard to get our seven to eight hours a night that is recommended. So if you're looking for ways to try and get more sleep, try setting an alarm 20 minutes before you have to go to bed and then have some sort of routine that you follow each evening to help you kind of get into the mindset of going to bed and maybe even set the mood for your room. And what I mean by setting the mood is setting it for sleep. So turning off any devices that may set off a glow. Maybe you have like a white noise app that you like. Um, Maybe you make it a little bit cooler in your room. And remember, this isn't about perfection because that can become stressful. It's just about trying to get you not only to bed at a good time, but also getting to where you're able to relax a little bit before you get to bed. So getting you into the mindset So another thing that really is helpful is to start a gratitude journal. Now, this is where I may hear a few of you groaning out there when you hear this. But according to the positive psychology, it takes about, and this is not a perfect ratio of any means, but it takes more positive moments to balance out each negative moment in your day. There used to be this three to one ratio, but they've kind of debunked it, Um, and it's just that it's not exact. But what they found is that our brains are hardwired to look for and recall the pieces of our day that we think of as negative or bad. And it takes more positive to outweigh those. So it's not always equal. It's not like, well, I had one positive thing, one negative thing. My day was completely balanced. We really focus so much on what's not working that we need a lot more of what is working and what's going well to pull us out of it. And the thing is, this is just part of survival mode with our brain. It's the way our brain is trying to protect us from the bad things that are out there, but when we're stressed, there's a lot of things out there. So it can make it hard to remember or feel like there was anything good in your day. So if you had a difficult caseload, lots of paperwork, IEP meetings, whatever it might be, you might be feeling really negative about your day. So what you can do is have a gratitude journal that helps counteract that. You can write down good things from your day, even really small moments. Like maybe you got an email from someone that was just like, hey, you are doing a fantastic job. Or a coworker was able to help you with something and you didn't think that they would. Or your students smiled and normally they are grumpy. Grumpy. Um, or maybe you had a huge breakthrough, or maybe you had no traffic on your commute and a really good latte. So whatever it might be, if you write it down, it helps you recall that yes, there were hard times, but yes, there were also some really positive moments. Now, if you do this at the end of the day or at the end of your workday, it helps you end it on a high note. So we tend to remember things the way they end. So let's say that you were out to dinner and you had this fantastic meal, but they totally mess up your bill at the end. It kind of leaves it on a sour note and you kind of think like, oh yeah, that dinner was pretty good. They really messed up at the end though, but let's say they flip flop and your dinner was not that great. You had a few things like maybe they made a couple mistakes. You had to send your meal back or the service was a little slow at the very beginning, but at the end they bring you free dessert and they take the mistake off your bill you are going to think of that as, you know what, what a wonderful place that was. They really took care of us. And you tend to think of it as being positive, even if, when you measured it out, they weighed completely the same. So if you gratitude journal at the end of your day or right before you go to bed, and you end on a positive note, you're not only remembering all of those positive things that happened, but you're finishing up the whole day in a positive way. And this helps you build up a foundation, and some resiliency against the stress. And it also just helps you to remember that there is some good out there, even on those really hard days. Another key thing that you can do is meditate. Now, you might be thinking, nope, not for me. Or are you serious? Another one of those woo-woo suggestions? I thought there'd be something more. But let's just say that Meditation in the past was definitely seen as a woo-woo thing. And it's not new agey. It's actually very, very old school. But in recent years, it's become very mainstream. And the reason is because they have done a lot of research behind meditation to see why so many people were so intrigued and so um, like excited about it and, and just supporting it and spreading the word about it. So what meditation does is it helps rewire your brain to handle stress better. It helps improve your memory and may even help help you to work against some diseases of the brain and of the body. So it basically helps your brain function better. And there are studies that show that it helps with things like problem solving. It helps to turn down the responses to stress in parts of your brain, like the amygdala, where we have fight, flight, or freeze that's triggered and can be kind of stuck on. When we're stressed, this also helps you focus better, which helps you to feel like you're a little bit more efficient and you can make better decisions at work. And when you get in the relaxation zone, it helps reduce some of the hormones like cortisol that are released in the body and that can cause a whole host of problems, not just that it increases your stress. So when you meditate, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. Go for 5 to 10 minutes most days a week. Find a comfortable place, quiet place, close your eyes, and maybe have an audio that you listen to. There are some wonderful meditation apps out there or websites. I have a ton of free meditations in my audio library um, at jesseendrix.com or if you sign up for the SLP Toolbox, which is just the the free um, resource library and newsletter, On my site, you'll get even more. I drop new meditations about every um, month. So there's tons of guided meditations you can do where you don't have to do the work. You just listen and you do what they're telling you. You don't have to come up with it on your own. But perhaps you just sit and you take a few really good deep breaths and you try and focus on your breath a little. Maybe you have a quote that you repeat back and forth or maybe you count backwards from 100 or you just simply pay attention to the inhale and exhale, whatever it might be. This could be your meditation and it could be the thing that you do that really helps to rewire the brain and to turn off the stress response that it is setting out. Now, a couple other things you can do that are super helpful, of course, are exercise and eating well. So eating well can be kind of whatever we are whatever you want it to be here. I'm not going to give you any nutrition advice. Um, I do have a health coaching certification, but I am not a nutritionist or dietitian. But when we talk about eating well for stress, we are basically talking about actually eating. (laughs) You are a super busy SLP. You probably don't take breaks to eat, or you might find that you are drinking more coffee than water. So make sure that you stay hydrated. This helps your body to function and your brain to function. Make sure that you are having healthy snacks throughout the day and that you are eating all of your meals and not skipping through them, which, which can just kind of cause your bodily systems to go a little haywire. Never mind that you may get hangry. The other thing we can do is to exercise or what I like to refer to as mindful movement. So with mindful movement, we are not exercising for punishment or because it's something we have to do. We're using it as a way to um, help reduce our stress. And this could be anything. It could be taking a walk, going outside, and it could be running. It could be hiking, biking. You could go and climb a wall. Um, You could do some yoga, Pilates, far, go to a high-intensity class, whatever it is that doesn't leave you depleted and isn't punishment, but it's something you truly enjoy. And that can help you to let go of some of that stress to step away from it, but also to maybe tune in a little bit to how you're doing that day. So if you want to boil it down to one big thing, managing stress, maybe even preventing burnout, it's all about taking care of yourself. That's really what it is. So while these seem so simple, look and see yes they're simple but are you doing them and if you're thinking like oh, this is too good to be true these can't possibly work chances are that you're not putting these into effect in your life because they are simple to understand but they are not always easy to do so pick one and give it a try pick the one that you think resonates with you the best or the one that when we're talking about it, it seems like it would be the most effective. For me, meditation is the one that I go to and movement, eating well. So I like to move every day. I like to try and eat pretty well and stay hydrated, but I really like to have a solid meditation practice for five to 10 minutes a day. That's it. And this is what really helps me. So go for it, see what works for you and if you want even more, make sure to check out the CU and CMH courses over at jesseandrix.com that are hosted on all of your favorite ASHA approved sites and more. And also if you want to really take a deep dive into stress management, specifically for SLPs, make sure to check out the SLP stress management course. And I will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening.